from our studios in the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans, welcome to a special Louisiana Eats podcast created specially for our friends at Rouse's Markets. I'm Poppy Tooker. Since 1960, the Rouse's family has specialized in making customers feel right at home when shopping in their stores which now numbers 64 groceries stretching across Louisiana, Alabama, and Mississippi. One of the ways Rouse's ensures that feeling of home is through their employees. There are few better examples of that than Mark Ardwan, manager of the Rouse's Market on Ferret Street. Mark's been with the company for 11 years, but his tenure on Ferret Street has been very significant due to a seemingly cosmic convergence that's brought him together with childhood best friends right there at Rouse's Market on Ferret Street in Uptown New Orleans. To learn the full story, we sat down with Mark and his longtime friends and neighbors, the Noguera Brothers. My name is Alfredo Noguera. I'm the chef of Val's Candy Table and Cure for Cure Co. Hi, I'm Juan Noguera. I'm Fredo's brother. I'm Mark Ardwin. I'm the store director at the Rouse's on Ferret Street. Let's start off by talking about how long have the three of you all known each other? <laughs> since the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since, since they were in diapers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> since the beginning of time? So our yeah. our since, beginning of time, yes. Since he was in diapers, really. We yeah. all grew up <laughs> in River Ridge. In an the old land. land yeah. In an old land of River <laughs> yeah. Ridge. Yeah, the land of River Ridge. Hazel Drive. And so how was it growing up together out there? That was a great neighborhood to grow up in. Yeah. We, it was... Yeah, we keep in touch with a lot of people still that... that that we grew up with. I know my mom and dad do. They talk to all the old neighbors, Mr. Lee and Miss Cheryl and all those guys still. And so it was just a fun place to grow up. We had a ton yeah. of kids in that neighborhood growing up. Yeah. A lot of, we're like a, right off the levee. So, you know, you could go get into d- trouble if you needed to. And his mom was a great cook. My mom was a great cook. So there was a, both of our parents were, mothers were great cooks. And uh, yeah, a really just a really good block. What was the food like at home? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, my mom moved to Hazel. That was one of her first houses, um, probably, I don't know what, in the 70s. So she bought it for like 30 grand, right? So Cuban, our parents are from Cuba. And so they lived originally, you know, in a house in Old Metairie. Had some uncle, uh, uncle live in Old Metairie with probably like 15 people in the family and then a a lot of them moved by the airport so there's like you know that standard house with a bunch of cubans living in it so she moved over there and i guess the ardwans next door were like the americans (laughs) and so it was kind of that dynamic and uh so you know mark miss charlene would teach my sisters how to do meatloaf i think we use your meatloaf recipe and we were doing the black black beans and you know, fried pork and all that. Arroz con pollo yeah, and, and those croquetas and, and those things. So where does the music come in? He, uh, Mark had drums early on. Metallica, yeah. he was very big on Lars. <laughs> <Yeah>. Double bass. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and my mother, our mother was just really into uh, music as well. Uh, she, first through like religion and whatnot, but like it was just really big in in her family, and so any any holiday the guitar always came out, and it's still to this day, and like everybody will start kind of singing along. Generally, the Fleetwood Mac songs these days, but <laughs> it's the same repertoire over and over. But it's, yeah, so it, it's the same repertoire, but we pretend we don't know what we want to sing, and we <laughs> end up singing the same twenty songs. Who picked up the guitar? Everybody. Oh. Yeah. yeah. My mom originally she was she, she she grew up in Cuba and really was a great guitarist. You know, with the acoustic guitar. Love the Beatles, you know, and some, you know, Harry Balafonte was, uh, you know, one of the, the hits that she would sing. But she brought the guitar, and we always had that in the house, so we always were playing with the guitar. And Fredo kind of got really good at it, and, you know, he played on some cool records and stuff. Oh, so Juan plays piano, too. Did you all ever, like, have a little band growing up? Were you just... Together? No, yeah. not, together. No, no, not together. Not together. Mark was a bit older. Yeah, right? I'm a little bit older than these yeah. guys. Just a little bit, not too much. So tell me about school and how that went for you all. We all went to Rummel. Ah! <laughs> Rainer Pride. All went to Rummel. That's right, and and Pride. you're the eldest, so you must have started the, the Rummel raid. No, actually, my brother went first. So I have a brother that's two years older than I am, so he was the first one to go. And and I followed suit, of course, as most little brothers do, followed suit to the, to the school and... You guys had moved by the time yeah. we yeah. had gone. We had started. Y'all had to started Celeste. over there. Yeah, yeah, y'all had moved over to Celeste, and um, but they ended up going to Rumble as well. So, where did you go to school, Fredo? I started at Southeastern and then uh, ended up at UNO for a very long time. I mean, it it took me as long as a doctor usually. <laughs> I'm still. I'm, I'm hoping uh, these. Yeah, I, I still owe a fortune in uh, in student land for for nothing. Well, how did food find you? It was always, but you, well, it was through music, actually, because I learned how to play guitar at 13 and 14 on my mother's, like, big clunky guitar, and then I wanted my own electric guitar, and she said, cool, get a job. <laughs> and I said, um, okay, so I'll cut grass, and she also, she found a job for me at a restaurant down the street washing dishes, and so I just saved money to buy a guitar washing dishes, and then just kind of be a part of the introduced to the restaurant world at that age was just kind of enlightening and, and fun. It was just a whole nother experience. You know, I'd go to work on like Wednesdays and then stay there all night and hang out with older people and it was just a lot of fun and stayed in it. And, and as long as I needed musical instruments, I needed work. So that's how I paid for it. Were you working in restaurants and such in college too? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, Southeastern was more of a commuter college because it was like a little bit closer, fifty minutes maybe. Nobody stayed on the weekends, so we would go Sunday, party Thursday night, maybe go to class Friday morning, and then drive back, work Friday, Saturday, go out, come back Sunday, you know, do laundry at mom's house kind of thing. <laughs> so that was like after a while, I was like, why am I doing this? You know, I didn't. I, I just went to college. You know, I was kind of young. I didn't. I felt like it was something I needed to do, just being the son of an immigrant. They, was know. there pressure from home? But they like you've got to it get that college some, it education. It wasn't some pressure. <laughs> there was a lot of pressure. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> some. Bless my parents. You know, I love them for it. But I mean, uh, at the same time, it was it was necessary to 
everyone, well, I think all of our cousins have gone through college and, you know, and we have a pretty big family. It was like, kind of felt like a, a necessary thing to do. And, but it was fun. And yet you end up in the restaurant business. Always, yeah. Everything, I mean, it's just, it's fast. It's, it's, there's all kinds of different people. Everybody's generally in a good mood. You kind of have to be, you know, you, you get bur- eaten up if you're not like, yeah, if you're negative about it, you're only going to stay so long. So everybody's pretty funny. I've always had a lot of laughs. And uh, yeah, I'm still, there's no turning back now. <laughs> well, and, and Mark, so how did your journey at Rouse's begin? I was getting ready to have my second child, and I was working at a place over here on the South Shore and said, you know what, I need to be closer to home. I knew a couple of people that worked for Rouse's, so they got me an interview, and I got a job at the store on the North Shore and um, was there for about eight months and then got pulled out of the store and started working for the home office as a regional trainer, going all over Mississippi and the North Shore, Lafayette, opening stores and stuff like that. And eventually became the corporate chef for the company um, through just events and for the family and, you know, for functions, for fundraisers and stuff like that. They kind of saw what my background was and went from there. So one, how did you avoid the food business? I have been at WDSU for 14 years as a media specialist, helping local businesses make, you know, fun local commercials. Um, I did have a career in the food business for about probably 15 years as a busboy. <laughs> I've never elevated in the ranks. Um, and I've, I've followed Fredo uh, at several restaurants. Our, we, when I was at LSU, I would come in on Saturdays to get 100 bucks at uh, Vegas on Metairie Road at Allison Vegas. I do think she kind of turned us on to some high, you know, level food. I, I, would you for uh, sure it was a change in, yeah, yeah for sure. she definitely the kind of I've always had an interest in you know food front she kind of sparked that in us um yeah I was in the food business I worked at uh in uh followed Fredo to Chicago after Katrina because a lot of uh our you know his, you know his crew and you know, a lot of folks in his kind of connected to his music world were in Chicago and they kind of took him in I was right behind him and lived in, uh, in his apartment and I actually was like for the first few weeks sleeping in his bed and he was like <laughs> you know uh, like being close and all but you need to go on Craigslist and order a bed <laughs> brother right. I need you to get out the bed <laughs> right and so I worked at restaurants up there and um, and you know came back to jazz, to uh, New Orleans decided a year in I was like I was working at a magazine up there uh, uh, and um, called Stop Smiling, and it was a great crew. But after a year, I was like, you know what? I need to get back to New Orleans. This is going to – that's kind of where I'm going to land. Uh, it's like I'm working 24 hours over here in the restaurant and at the magazine. I got a job at Jazz Fest. Um, and after Jazz Fest, I got a job at WDSU doing marketing. That's what I studied at w, at uh, LSU. It was the only thing that I did really well at. I would get like D's on accounting things and just always do well with marketing. I always liked that. And um, we are across the street. Uh, so when Rouse's came to the CBD, there was really no food options and uh, Rouse's opened in the CBD and I would just go there regularly. You know, I kind of helped them put TV commercials on it. So, you know, that is, a, uh, you know, they're a key partner for WDSU. And so I'm still in the food business. 
So, yeah. Fredo, what were you doing in the music business out of town when your brother had to come stay with you? Well, um, I had a, I, I'd always been kind of an aspiring musician uh, in my young 20s and whatnot. And then moving to Chicago to be, w at, to be with some friends of mine after Katrina, that I kind of became part of a bigger scene over there. And it kind of became more, for a second, I was like, oh, wow, maybe I can possibly do, uh, you know, actually do this for a living. I had a few friends that were fairly successful, and um, I kind of made a little bit of work from doing a lot of studio work as a guitar player or pedal steel player, touring musician for a while. It's just several different, like from things that were slightly country to things that were very electronic. I just kind of played and recorded with several different different groups while living there. So you were like sort of a studio musician. You were working I lived, basically. yeah, yeah, in a studio at some point. At, you lived at, in a studio? Yeah, yeah. we had a loft on uh, Milwaukee Avenue that was, you walk in and sometimes people, I'd bring get, guests over like, what the hell is this? And it, it was like a big console and microphones and guitars everywhere. And it was just kind of my, my life for a good while. I mean, my old roommate ended up, He's been, he's quite successful. He played in Nine Inch Nails and tours with all these different guys like that. It's like, he's from here as well. Um, so I just kind of rode on his coattails as far as I could. How do you give that up and come back here? Okay. Well, some crazy way, I ended up getting kind of pulled back into, uh, into cooking at the same time, because, you know, like, it, it kind of ebbs and flows, the the career, the music career. It's very freelance and, like, you know. So I ended up kind of bartending, and through bartending, I started doing, like, this kind of food pop-up on the side, and the food pop-up on the side turned into, like, a, a seasonal pop-up. And then, like, it's just kind of like this really weird organic growth into be being asked to be a chef of a friend of mine's bar that was opening in Chicago. It was a cocktail bar. And I, uh, they asked me to do like in a kitchen about the size of the studio, you know, like what I would do. And I said, uh, I would do New Orleans food because I know that, you know, I'm not a professional chef at the time. And they said, yeah, fine. It's not about the food, you know, I just want to have a little bit of food for our cocktails. So it's fine. We open up the food ends up being incredibly successful because everybody loves New Orleans food. So like we get like all this press and then all of a sudden I'm like winning awards in Chicago for being like Chicago's up and coming young chef. And I'm like, not a chef. <laughs> in every interview, I, in my bio and everything, I try to touch on the fact that I am actually a musician. <laughs> and like, and nobody seems to care. They're like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm like, you don't understand. Like I've been working like, I had the, at the, the peak of my like musical musical career, I did recording for this artist from Berlin. Long story short, short, we got let go from the group. He made a huge contract from the record we did together, huge publishing deal, and he said, "Yeah, you know, we got to move on. We got another guitar player. I'm sorry, but you know, with the publishing deal, I was thinking about opening a restaurant in Berlin. If you and your wife would like to move here and open the restaurant, because like." He loved my cooking, but I was so, so it's like, because we did a record together in Mexico and I was always cooking. He's like, I think you'd do a great job out here cooking. 
but I don't need you as a guitar player anymore. And I'm like, oh. oh, so. How does Making Groceries, the Rouse's house band, come together? We have, because we have so many stores throughout the region, and music is such a big part of New Orleans history and whatnot, we've got a lot of people that play music that work for Rouse's. And, yeah, the next thing you know, we're 5 o'clock in the morning at the Power Boulevard store filming a commercial, and... We've got people running around dressed as Santa Claus in the Shopping aisles of Bourbon. Shopping Rouse's Whiskey Wonderland. Shopping Rouse's Whiskey Wonderland. Shopping Rouse's Whiskey Wonderland. At the house, we can build a cocktail. Rouse's right Sazerac, right, right around. Top it off with Rouse's Bourbon Cherry. So some best prices in town. Later on, we'll retire. A gym with me by the fire. But even though at work you all are still so geographically close together, when you're not at work, are y'all seeing each other then too? Yeah, I called him this morning. We've been trying to like catch each other for a coffee. My brother and I are pretty close. Yeah, I heard that you all talk every day. <laughs> he calls me at 830 to nine every morning to so. make sure you're awake well, no, no, <laughs> on the way in as a, she he he drops off uh alex um my god my goddaughter uh and uh he'll drop her off and give me a ring and then we'll just touch base for a little bit see what's going on he calls me too sometimes he goes, <laughs> he's well, calling we me a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> i'm a, you know it is what it is no it is nice to call him uh, to just you know when he moved back here it was just really, really great, you know, to have, uh, you know, so we have daughters the same age that are best friends and, and um, you know, our, our Anne and Kristen are very close, our, our wives, and um, we kind of tr- try to, you know, uh, you know, do a Sunday thing where we get together, my mom's or, or that, and um, so it's just great to be, you know, be, you know, back. These calls are kind of funny, too. They're all, they're quite sometimes they're kind of like pumping each other up, <laughs> right? Yeah, very motivational. Kind of like Juan listens to a lot of motivation things. He's done like a lot of leadership classes and stuff like that. So it's always kind of like, are you ready to grind? Are you ready? <laughs> What's the best way to sharpen a chef's knife? <laughs> chef's knife, you grind. It's, a, it's not. Yeah, it, it, it's they're quite ridiculous. They're quite ridiculous. Sometimes I just hang up on them because it's the the puns are too too much of a stretch. Right. Sometimes I have no... Well, you know, I think uh, the food business and the marketing where we need to have good attitude, you know? Like at Rummel, they used to have on the wall, team attitude. (laughs) (laughs) We've come up with some good ideas, but very often it's trash. Um, I do have a song to share. (laughs) Oh, I'm so ready for it. Are you joking? I do, I do. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm so excited. Oh, good grief. You just you could cut this if you don't want to, but oh, what are you no, gonna play it on no, your phone? No. This is this is a failed foot Super Bowl ad that I presented to Fredo and and Mark and, and the folks on Ferret Street that never made air. Oh no. C- please God no. <laughs> it's really neat on Ferret Street. We'll gossip gossip our shucks, get you shot. Rouse's Market's grocery store. It's really cool.
And it's really neat. Go on and tap your feet. Text and TikTok your friends. Whatever you do. Cause we're all gonna Fredo and Mark, your music career is officially over now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Everybody's going to love it. This will be delicious. (laughs) Thank you all so much for coming to see us in the Louisiana Eats studios. And I'll see all of you very soon on Ferret Street. story was brought to us by Mark Ardwen, Rouse's Ferret Street Market Manager, along with his best childhood friends and neighbors, Chef Fredo Noguera from Val's, also on Ferret Street, and Fredo's little brother, WDSU Marketing Exec, Juan Noguera. I'm Poppy Tooker. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Rouse's Market, including where to find a store near you, visit www.rouses.com. And next time you're on Ferret Street, make sure to say hi to neighbors and friends, Mark Arduin and Fredo Naguera. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us on your preferred podcast platform. Special thanks to our sponsor, Rouses Markets. Rouses Markets feels like home. This podcast was produced by Blake Langlinay for Poppy Tooker Broadcasting. Mm-hmm.